Welcome to the Town & Country Podcast, Two Churches, One Ministry. Thank you so much for joining us on this beautiful day here in Cedar Falls. I am your host, Jonathan Illion, and we have with us Pastor Kevin Richter, who is the pastor at St. John's Lutheran Church in Rhinebeck, Iowa, and Reverend Dr. Gerald Kapanka, who is the pastor at Emmanuel Lutheran in Cedar Falls. It is an honor to be with you both. Thank you so much for coming in today and being a part of this podcast. Uh, we have something new to discuss today. Uh, so we just finished up um, a, a group of sermons that were based on Ephesians, the six chapters in Ephesians. And those sermons were based on the same topic, um, you know, one chapter in Ephesians, but they were uh, built on your own. You kind of did them on your own, and then we compared what you uh, did as your final result. You have decided that you are going to do something that I've actually never heard of. This is a this is a novel concept. You are preaching, both of you are going to be preaching on the minor prophets, starting with Obadiah. And you are actually creating, well, actually, you know what, Pastor Kevin, it was your idea. I'm, I'm not going to spoil it for you. I'm going to let you go through and describe what it is that you had for your idea for the minor prophets. I'd like to say it's not my idea. I think it's the Spirit's idea because I'm not smart enough to come up with this. But I'd like to second that opinion. Yep. <laughs> All in favor say aye. Okay. No, I mean, I I try to do a whole year at a time planning out, especially once I pick the congregational theme. And, you know, we've been doing the same congregational theme. Now, this year was our first year doing that. So we're yep. church of the book. You guys are living by the book with that same theme, focus on the Bible and the Word. So we, you know, we laid out our own plans through the fall. You guys did the red letter challenge. We did some other stuff, and and uh, but then after Christmas, we decided to pick up and kind of do the same thing. And so we did Ephesians for six weeks, and really just wanted to walk through one book of the Bible and look at how the whole book applies to our life and that. And then through Lent, I wanted to kind of go old school, Old Testament, focus on parts of the Bible that people didn't know as much, and do the minor prophets. And so I had already laid that out. And so when we started talking about it. We decided that, well, let's both do Ephesians, and we'll both preach, you know, chapter one and just do our own. And then um, we decided, you know, we did that one through six, and then we decided, what if for the Minor Prophets, we got together and co-wrote one sermon? And so we take two different preachers, two different preaching styles, two different heads full of wisdom, one fuller than the other. We'll let you decide who's which, but... Um, <laughs> I'm not going to say a word. <laughs> I'm not... Nope. Mm -mm. We, we sit down and write one sermon. And, you know, in, a, in my idealistic world that I live in, um, my vision was it would be word for word the exact same sermon that, you know, members of St. John's and members for Emmanuel could call and say, the way he worded this, you know, oh yeah, that's exactly what we heard, you know. Well, as you, as things go, they change, you know. And so when we started talking about it, we realized that's not really possible because we're not going to be preaching it then. We're just going to be reading it. You know, we're basically writing an academic paper at that point that we stand there at the podium and read, not preaching a sermon to our people, not being true to who we are as unique preachers. So what we did instead is 
we sat down and we uh, discussed the book of Obadiah and some of the themes and the history and you know all the different stuff we wanted to talk about. And we came up with one outline. And so we hit the same points at the same time. We have the same flow through the sermon, the same focus, function, malady, means, whatever words you learned when you were in the seminary. But, you know, we have all the same, um, same idea, same theme through it but we each get our own unique voice. And so we took that one outline, we each went and wrote our own manuscript, and then we came back and compared those and said, yeah, these are close enough that we feel it's the same sermon, even though it's Kapenka sermon and Kevin's sermon, you know. And so um, I'm really excited about it. It's been a really fun process just to try something new. And then once we threw the podcast on top of it, that just opened up the world to be able to talk about, well, Ephesians, we can talk about our sermon being compared because it's two separate sermons, even though it's on the same text. But then Obadiah and the other minor prophets, we can talk about the structure, how we went about doing it, how we decided who was going to do, you know, how many arm wrestling matches we had to go through or darts were thrown at each other or whatever it was to get the one sermon because we're preaching the same sermon. And so that's what we're going to kind of talk about today is that process, what that looked like for two preachers to sit down and try to write one sermon and then kind of some of the end result and kind of leave it for you to be able to hear that sermon on Obadiah in both churches. So... Pastor Kapenka, is this something that you've ever done before in your life? Have you ever done a, a process like this before? <laughs> Not even close. <laughs> you know, when, when uh, Kevin has suggested something like this, my, my gut instinct is run, run as fast as you can, as far <laughs> away as you can. Um, that it, it's not. Uh, it's not in my wheelhouse, but it's, it's it, not. A, it's it, an yeah. it's an unusual prospect. It is. But the, the the what really excited me was the prospect of. I I know this young man over here is such an amazing preacher, and I've heard him preach so many times, and I'm always um, just blown away by by his sermons. Um, and what intrigued me the most was sitting down and working through his process and listening to his process and. And, and really being at the foot of, of what I consider to be a great um, a preacher and, and just gleaning from him. So while this was a unique thing, um, I was excited by it because I was uh, given the opportunity to, to truly collaborate with somebody that I think is a great preacher. And I was scared because my weaknesses and my flaws were going to be exposed to right. somebody who I, I consider to be a much better preacher than me. But by the grace of God, he's, he's shown me tremendous grace, uh, Kevin has, um, and letting me come alongside him in this journey. Well, and I think that one of the things that you can pull from something like this is you can see the best practices from each other. You can you can see, well, this person does this better than I do. Oh, well, I'm going to try that. Or, oh, I tried doing it that way, but there's no way to match his style. Uh, no, I'm not going to do that anymore. So I, I like this process. So what did you find as you went through this process? How could you put both of your minds together to generate one sermon. <laughs> yeah, uh, That's I'll just tell you crazy. What, the first time we did it took us a lot longer than the second <laughs> yeah. time we did it. Uh, and uh, we started a long way apart. Didn't yeah. We? <laughs> yeah. It, you know, I mean, um, I was excited too. don't, don't, it's not all one side and I'm not that great a preacher. Actually, I just have a lot of people fooled, but it, uh, you know, I was excited to learn from somebody else. You just get in such a habit of this is how I do it. And this is what I do. And really I can get really narrow sighted on, this is what I think my people need to hear. How do I work this into every sermon? You know, and that's what I think working with another preacher, another mind, another perspective, uh, you know, a, a man who's a little older than me, you know, has been in a few experiences life I haven't had yet, things like that, that just bring that different perspective. And I think wow. we've seen that in some of that. So he actually said a little older, <laughs> yeah. a little older. Wow. Well, okay. well, maybe so, so keep going. <laughs> so, so Obadiah, you know, we had 
we had both kind of done um, some history research, you know, and, and study the text and different stuff like that. So we didn't sit down and translate the whole thing together or do stuff like that. We kind of each did that on our own and different things, you know, the research, the prep, the reading. So then it just came with a head full of all the different possible ways you could go. And, you know, um, we started with kind of this idea of ally, you know, that um, it was you if you dive into Obadiah, I mean, it's all focused on Eden, Edom, who's supposed to be allies. And so we talked about allies and what that looks like and different things. Um, and then I one of the things I've I really love about the the minor prophets is it's almost all solely focused on God's judgment. And God's judgment always has two sides. And so I wanted to bring some of that in. And and uh, so, yeah, Pastor Pink, I mean, what, where do you remember our next step going from there? Uh, and I, I think that, you know, you took this idea of ally that, that we had focused on as um, they should have been um, a, a, a friend, a companion, a... a uh, uh, partner with uh, with the uh, people of Israel instead they were partnered with with uh, their enemies um, but you took it all the way back to the the covenant and I really appreciate the fact that you know we to, to fully understand um, where Obadiah is coming from we have to get back into the history of, of where this ally relationship began um, and I appreciated that to, to, to grasp this, we have to kind of dig into the history of the covenant relationship. We get to make Abraham and Isaac and, and um, Jacob and Esau. And, and so that, I, I hadn't began there, but you brought that to us. So we, we went from ally to let's go into some covenant history and, and, and where does that fit in? And, and so that, I think, was an important part of that process and, and what that meant. And so where does this lead us? Yeah, and then... You know, that just kind of the, the split between Jacob and Esau and the fallout yeah. we see that one's in the blessing, one's not, you know, is exactly what ends up being God's judgment, you know, that um, some people are in and some people are out. And what's the what's the difference between that, you know, uh, is not so much, you know, oh, they did this evil and they didn't do this evil because the Israelites do just as much evil. They're just as sinful as the Edomites. So what is the difference is the faith in God's covenant, you know, being still chosen in God's covenant versus removing yourself from outside God's covenant that, you know, that, um, and so that idea of God's judgment always has two sides and the only separation or difference is faith, you know, and so walking down that line. Yeah. And, and, and that was, I think that was really a, a good thing for us both to kind of begin to draw our thoughts into where this comes from and, and the, the, the pride of Jacob in terms of what he had to do and um, and how he had, you know, robbed his brother of his birthright. And, and the, the, that broke up the separation between this family separation, which extended through the generations and, and then begins to, to see that. And, and I don't recall where where we come through, but, but I think this was your idea um, that we do that you know, today. I mean, we, we had to bring this to not just a historical point, but the relevance for today is that we still do that. We we cause divisions within families, we cause division within churches, and and what are the things in my pride, what are the things in your pride that are separating us from each other? And I think that was important, integral in terms of trying to develop a, a theme. Yeah, I think you kind of help. You know, once we realize that, like, okay, the opening line is, thus says the Lord of God concerning Edom. You know, so we got to do something with this Edom. That's what the yeah. whole letter's about, you know. And, and I think you actually drew to, you know, how do we tie this to modern day? And who are the Edom in our life? You know, and then I think I tied in that 
well, just as much as we have those people in our life who were raised beside us in the faith, you know, these are not outsiders who have never been one of us. They were our covenantal brothers, our, our brothers and sisters in Christ who were there with us at one point and have now walked away. How have we been Jacob to them? What have we done to, you know, push them away, to cause them to want to be so angry, to want to kill us, you know, all these things and just confessing our own part in that. But then ultimately, I mean, I think we came to, what do we do with these Edoms? You know, yeah. what do we do with these Edomites that are in our life, these people that are hostile against us because of our faith, even though they grew up in the same faith? You know, how do we how do we treat that? How do we take the words of Obadiah and apply it to our life, to these people that we know, and everybody has somebody in their life like that? Yeah, and and we could even touched on a little bit that the initial thought of that they we think they should still be our allies. You should still be on my team. You should you should have had my back in this situation or that, which wasn't the main focus, but there is still an element of that. There's still that that idea, and yet it's not about pointing the finger at you, but it's pointing the finger back at me. It's looking in the reflection of the, the mirror of my own sinfulness. And that's a... I could get on my soapbox here for quite a while, but, you know, reconciliation is a big thing I really focus on, that you can't have reconciliation without confession and forgiveness by both parties. You know, the only time that's true is between us and God because God's never sinned against us. But any two sinners whose relationship is broken, I don't care if it's a divorce or a fallout or what it is, there's always fault on both sides. There's always something we could have done to do different that wouldn't have contributed to the broken relationship. And so there needs to be confession and forgiveness spoken on both sides to truly reconcile. And you see this when Jacob and Esau come back together as brothers, you know, that it's not just Esau saying, sorry, I wanted to kill you. Jacob comes back with an offering ready to make, you know, up for what he did to his brother to steal the blessing and the birthright from him, knowing I did my part in this. So... Yeah, and and I think it's it's taking all of those elements and saying, okay, now, what do we do with this? We've got these wonderful story that has this, this beautiful historical foundation in the the covenant of Abraham. Uh, we've got this relational reality of brothers who are separated because of the sin of pride and the sin of greed. Um, we've got this this contemporary reality of what we do um, and our our willingness and our, our passion to blame others for our sins. Um, how do we form this into a sermon? And I think that, that once we kind of put all those pieces together and started saying, you know, hey, this fits here and this fits here and we could go from this, that to me, I, I, I just got jazzed by, by that process. Yeah, it was a fun conversation that day and just fun to work through. And, you know, I think at some point we were talking so fast we couldn't even type and write fast <laughs> enough because we were just excited. But, you know, yeah, and then it became, what's the message of, uh, you know, Obadiah is really bad news, you know, that, Edom, you're going to fall. Edom, you yeah. are not triumph over us. God is going to triumph over you. We will stand over you, you know, and burn you like a fire and destroy you. And so, you know, we went to how easily our, our sinful pride could say, well, it doesn't matter. Those lost Edomites, that brother I grew up with in the church, he's going to suffer in hell and I'm going to be internal, you know, like, and like, no, 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 that's, you know, not yeah. what we want this to take. Where's the real victory message in this that we carry today? Exactly, and I, and I think we both got to the place where our passion is that while we have those loved ones in our lives that used to sit next to us in church, that used to be a part of our family, whether it's a, a, a physical sibling or a relation uh, or somebody that was a part of our church family, if, if they're not with us on Judgment Day, that's a day of grieving. That's yeah. a day of loss. And, and as we look at Obadiah, um, we don't celebrate the, the downfall of Edom. 
Uh, this is this is a loss. This is a grief that these are supposed to be our siblings, our our allies that we grieve their loss. And so we have time, and we have a call to not uh, just sit back and and say this is a lost cause. And really, I didn't even think about that that day, but right now I'm sitting here thinking about it this way. So the history of Edom is watching Israel fall to their destruction under Babylon and do nothing about it. If we treat the Edomites that same way, that they are falling into Satan's trap and being led to eternal death, and we sit there idly by or even cheering as they go by like the Edomites did, we are no better than them. And, And we are just as sinfully prideful as they were in letting our brother be led to destruction, and not just an earthly destruction, you know, conquering territory, but a destruction and wrath and death of eternal consequence. You know, it just... And now that you say that, we need to go back and rewrite yeah, the sermon. Yeah, yes, we got, <laughs> we, got, we got more work to do. But, you know, it just that image popped in my head of yeah. you got these Edomites standing there watching the Israelites be carried away in defeat with their heads hung low. And how many of us stand there cheering or just watching them idly by because we're too complacent to reach out and say, it's not too late. We still love you. There's still time. We want you to be in victory with us. Sorry yeah. for hitting the mic, John. So, so, no, I just want to describe to everybody what exactly was going on. <laughs> Kevin was gesticulating everywhere. It was just <laughs> flying all over the place. No. He jazzed again. He, was, he like, got into full jazzed. preacher mode right that's there. Right. Just, man, the hands were flying. Let's right. write Sermon 2.0 right now. <laughs> I, I don't You know, I was falling on my knees going, yes! <laughs> so what I, what I want to do is I want to describe to people what they should be looking forward to. Because again, this is kind of a a different format. We're we're publishing this uh, podcast in anticipation of the sermon. So it's a little bit different. But then as we move forward, the podcasts are going to take a little bit of a different turn. We're going to be actually taking uh, snippets and tidbits of this process by which you are building your sermons. And I can't wait to hear this. Uh, I'm going to have a hard time going through and cutting the the conversation that you guys have down from an hour down to the podcast length. It's going to be filled with so much good stuff. Um, so I want people to understand the that the, for the next uh, several weeks, what you're going to be hearing on the podcast is actually the conversations that help to build some of these sermons in, in anticipation for the final result. And we we hope that you actually join us on Sunday mornings for our services. Both both of the services, St. John's and Emmanuel Lutheran, we you know we put things out uh, so that you guys can watch the actual service. Um, so we we invite you to be a part of that. But this looks like it is going to turn into something that is, uh, I've again I've never heard of this where two churches, two pastors from different churches, come together to write one message. That's just, that's an amazing prospect, and I can't wait to hear the actual final result. This is going to be fun. So I just can't get over the fact that he keeps saying building sermon, and I think like power tools and saw and hammer, like exactly. building a sermon. Building like, that sermon. And, and, and I always hear like, they're going to vote me off the island. <laughs> After they hear how you do it, I, like, I'm getting voted you off. You are the weakest. I'm just I, I, have, I, did, I did not want to bring up the consequences. Uh, you know, we're, we're, we're full of grace, but, you know, there's consequences for you not doing a good enough sermon. So we will, we will have to see who, who gets voted off the island. But, um, folks, I appreciate you joining us today for the Town & Country podcast, Two Churches, One Ministry.
Uh, special thanks goes out again to our audio engineer, Mr. Dave Kaler. He is awesome. We appreciate all of his work in helping to set this up. On behalf of Pastor Kevin and Pastor Kapanka, I am your host, Jonathan Illion. We invite you to come back again next week for the next installment of the Town & Country Podcast. Thanks again and have a good week, folks. Thank you.